0: And welcome back to another weekly episode of the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams, your host and personal finance author. My newest title and Amazon number one new release is Debt Free Blueprint How to Get Out of Debt and Build a Financial Life You Love. It is available as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook wherever fine books are sold, including, of course, Amazon. So I hope you will grab a copy of that if you haven't already. And of course, you're interested in getting out of debt. If you're used to the sound of my voice, then the audiobook version may appeal to you. I do narrate it. And it's a pretty easy to follow guide that will help you eliminate all kinds of debt faster than you probably thought possible. And eventually help you create the financial future that you deserve. I've been producing this show since 2008, and the mission is to give you the knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money the best way possible, and create a richer life. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad it's finally cooling off a little bit down here in Florida. It's still in the 80s, so it is really, really quite warm still for us. But we're seeing some cooler evenings, which is really, really nice. And I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and having some family come down. And I am very thankful for you and glad that you've downloaded the show. If you're like most people, you probably know what it's like to get caught short without enough cash in the bank, maybe due to some kind of unexpected financial hardship in your life, like a big medical bill or losing your job. There's no doubt that life and money are both very unpredictable. And while I think that having a positive mindset is a key for success, another really critical component is to prepare yourself for potential money problems. And a big part of having healthy finances is building what I call safety nets. These are there to help you and really avoid stress if you do have a financial hardship. Just like a smart acrobat would never cross a high wire without a balancing stick and one of those big strong nets stretched out below You should never go without financial safety nets to keep you safe. And in my experience, I found many different types of safety nets that are out there. And I'm going to cover 10 types of nets that you can create. You may not have all of them, uh, but certainly you need some of them. Maybe you need all of them, depending on your situation. So we're going to cover 10 types that you can create. They're going to help both you and your family survive and even thrive, even if you do experience a financial hardship. Hardship. You'll find the notes for this and every show with links to resources that I mention, plus the full archive of Money Girl podcasts over in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 614, How to Create Foolproof Financial Safety Nets. Number one is an emergency fund, and I'm sure this is no surprise to hear me say it. An emergency fund is always my number one recommendation for staying out of financial trouble. And you might hear it called different things. It may be called a reserve account or a safety net fund, whatever you call it. The idea is that we all need extra money set aside to stay safe from the unexpected. If you don't have some amount of a financial cushion to fall back on, let's say for a large expense that you're not expecting or a sudden cut in income, it could take years or decades to recover from that kind of a crisis. And of course, not having enough money on hand to pay for an emergency is how many people get into credit card debt in the first place. If you make card charges that you can't afford to pay off quickly, interest on the balance grows every month, and then you could end up owing double or triple the amounts that you initially charged. So having enough money at your fingertips for emergencies should never be thought of as a luxury. Building up a reserve should be a, really a top priority for everyone so that you are never backed into a corner, financially speaking. Not only does having a safety net protect your finances, but I think it gives you some pretty great peace of mind and will eliminate a lot of stress. So what you want to do with your emergency fund is build it in an FDIC-insured bank account. That's how you're going to keep it completely safe. No, you're not going to earn a whole lot of interest on it, but that's not the goal for this particular bucket of money. Having those funds available at the moment you need them is what having a cash reserve is all about. And if you invest that money instead of putting it in the bank, it may not be there when you need it. So ideally, I'm going to recommend that you have at least three to six months worth of living expenses in the bank. However, depending on your work and your family situation, you might need more and you might need less. If you haven't started saving any money yet, I know it can seem daunting, especially when you hear three to six months worth of living expenses. Don't worry, just get started by taking some small steps every month. I would make a goal to accumulate $100, then $500, and then $1,000 as quickly as you can. So again, work up to it. It's not something that you're going to be able to achieve probably within, you know, a short period of time, a year or two years. It may take you several years to accumulate enough of a financial emergency fund, and that's Okay. All right, moving on to safety net number two, which is health insurance. In addition to having money in the bank, there are a variety of insurance products that were designed to be financial safety nets. Health insurance is essential for maintaining both your physical health and your financial health, even if you're young and healthy right now. The problem is even a quick trip to the emergency room for an illness or an accident or a broken bone could leave you with a substantial medical bill. And if you're uninsured and you have a serious health condition, that could be financially devastating. Depending on your income and your family size, you may be eligible for government assistance to reduce the cost of health insurance. And you can learn a lot more at healthcare.gov. Another way to save money on health insurance is to choose a high deductible health plan. These products reduce your premium And they also make you eligible for a tax-advantaged health savings account. And I've done podcasts on HSAs. They are fantastic accounts to use. However, as the name implies, these health insurance policies do have a higher-than-normal deductible. So that requires you to pay more out-of-pocket before your benefits begin. So they typically make sense to have when you're in relatively good health. All right, the third safety net is disability insurance. There's a pretty shocking statistic from the Council for Disability Awareness, and it says that one in four of today's 20-year-olds will have an injury or illness that causes a long-term absence from work before they retire. And when a long-term disability occurs, the average absence from work is more than two years. So think about what that would do to your financial life. Disability insurance is an often overlooked financial safety net, and, and what it does is replace a portion of your income. It could be 60% or 70% if you are unable to work due to a covered accident, illness, or injury. So it gives you the ability to keep up with your bills and meet your living expenses while you recover. Remember that health insurance only pays a portion of covered medical expenses. It's not gonna pay any amount of living expenses like housing, food, or debt payments if you can't work due to a health problem. So think about how that would cause a significant financial strain for you or your family members who may depend on your income. If you don't have the option to purchase a disability policy at work, or if you do, but maybe it's just a small policy and it's not sufficient, you can buy a private policy for yourself. And guys, in many cases, the monthly premium for a disability policy is less than a data plan for your cell phone. They can be pretty affordable, especially if you're young and in relatively good health. So check into that if you don't have disability insurance. The fourth financial safety net that I want you to think about is life insurance. Having a life insurance policy is critical when your death would create a financial hardship for those you leave behind. It could be a spouse, a partner, or children, or maybe even aging parents. They can be set up as beneficiaries and they'll receive a payout after you die. If you're single and no one depends on your income, you may either need a minimal policy just for funeral expenses or maybe none at all. And if you have a stay-at-home spouse who cares for your children, think about what you would do if that person were no longer alive. You definitely need a policy on his or her life to cover future child care costs. And there are two basic kinds of life insurance. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail here, but there are term policies and permanent policies. Term provides a benefit upon the death of the policy owner for a set period of time or a term. And it might be 10 years or 20 years. It's a relatively inexpensive option that gives you the most benefit for your dollar. With permanent life insurance, there are a variety of options and some of them can be a little complex, but most of them provide a death benefit and an investment all wrapped up into one product. And they're called permanent life because you get lifetime coverage. So no matter when you die, that coverage is going to kick in. Life insurance is definitely most affordable when you're young and in good health. So don't wait to get coverage if you need it our fifth financial safety net is home or renter's insurance and so you can see a theme here a lot of insurance products and then we're going to get into some other types of uh, safety nets but unlike auto insurance you're not legally required to purchase home insurance or renter's insurance however mortgage lenders require you to have a home policy to protect their financial interest in the property until it's paid off. It pays claims to repair your home after a covered event, such as a fire, a hailstorm, or a windstorm. With both home and renter's insurance, Your personal belongings, such as your furniture, electronics, clothes, and jewelry, are generally covered up to certain limits. And both types of policies, both home and renters, include liability, which protects you in a lawsuit. Plus, if you can't live in your home or your rental during repairs from a covered loss, those policies will give you some amount of additional living expenses, or ALE. That's going to pay for you to stay in a hotel and some amount of meals until you can get back into your home or rental. Remember that when you rent, your landlord is not responsible for your possessions. So having renter's insurance as a safety net is critical as a renter. A typical renter's policy is very affordable. It costs less than you might think. On average, across the United States, it's $185 per year for a renter's policy. So if you rent and you don't have renter's insurance, make sure to look into it. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you wanna live. Luckily for those with allergies, Safety net number six, retirement accounts. Once you have some emergency savings and enough insurance, it's time to build a safety net for the future. Using tax-advantaged retirement accounts at work or on your own is just a really smart way to grow your money and cut your tax bill at the same time. The most popular retirement accounts are offered by employers. You've probably heard of the 401k, a 403b, there's also a 457 plan. Many companies offer matching benefits as well. That puts additional contributions into your retirement account when you invest your own money. If you don't have a job that offers a retirement plan or you're self-employed, just about everyone qualifies for an IRA or Individual Retirement Arrangement. And if you work for yourself, you've got to take advantage of retirement accounts for the self-employed. There are a few different options, such as a SEP IRA and a SOLO 401k, and I've done podcasts about those in the past. Just be sure that you will not need to tap your retirement account before the official retirement age of 59 and a half. If you put money in and then you've got to take it out, those early withdrawals typically come with a 10% penalty in addition to having to pay income tax on any amounts that were not previously taxed. So make sure that the money you put in those retirement accounts is gonna be there for the long run. Safety net number seven, reducing debt. Another type of safety net that you can create is reducing what you owe. Having fewer liabilities can really take the pressure off if your pay gets cut or you lose your job or business income. It can also be the key to living within your means if you tend to overspend. What most people don't realize is that you can reduce your debt for free by tackling high interest debts first. Even if you don't have extra money to whittle down debt balances faster, doing this strategy, you drastically cut your interest expenses. If you've got a lot of debt, consider options such as refinancing, doing a balance transfer, or changing payment plans on student loans to make your debt more manageable. And of course, if you want to learn a whole lot more about getting out of debt, the book that I mentioned at the top of the show, Debt-Free Blueprint, would be an amazing resource for you. Okay, moving on to safety net number eight multiple income streams. Creating additional sources of income is one of my all-time favorite safety nets. It's almost like an insurance policy. Not only does having multiple income streams help you pay the bills and eliminate debt faster, but it helps you maintain security if one of them dries up. So think about how can you leverage the skills you already use in your job to create a profitable project or side business? What interests do you have that other people would pay for, such as music, gardening, designing, driving, caring for pets, writing, or tutoring? I mean, there's so many options. These are just some questions to ask yourself that may easily uncover ways to earn more. Number nine, automation. Automating various aspects of your financial life allows you to build safety nets, such as emergency savings and retirement, without having to think about them. Ask your employer to split your paycheck between your regular checking and your emergency savings account. And if you get a paper check or you're self-employed, you can set up an automatic transfer from your checking into your emergency savings fund. One of the reasons that workplace retirement plans are so popular and they work so well is because contributions must come from your paycheck before you have the chance to spend them. So that automation is what makes them really successful. So treat your savings just like a mandatory bill that you owe yourself and automate that when possible. Even if you can only set aside small amounts each month, you'll be surprised how quickly those balances grow over time. All right, our last tip number 10 is professional help. If you have persistent financial challenges or just can't seem to get ahead enough to create safety nets, talk to a wise friend, family member, or a financial professional. They may help you see options and solutions to your challenges that you're overlooking. And if you are saying, wow, Laura, I don't have any of these safety nets in place, You know, don't beat yourself up about it. Just start making plans to get an emergency fund in place. That would be the first place to start. Instead of dwelling on what's wrong with your finances, think about what's going right that you can be grateful for and just begin to slowly put these safety nets into place. I promise, whatever your situation, many people would love to switch places with you. Taking some small steps to create more financial safety nets will give you peace of mind and put you in the best position to deal with any unexpected hardship. And before we go, I'll mention one additional resource that you might want to check out if you are really struggling with debt. My online class called Get Out of Debt Fast, A Proven Plan to Stay Debt-Free Forever, will certainly put you on the road to more success and less financial stress. You'll come away with a clear debt reduction plan and a lot of strategies to eliminate debt faster. If you're interested, you can get a 50% discount or just learn more by texting the phrase debt course, D-E-B-T-C-O-U-R-S-E with no space to the number 33444. Or you can go to lauradadams.com for more information. I hope to see you in that class. If you have a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. We've got a voicemail line. You can call in at 302-364-0308 to leave your message. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard, Steve Rickyberg, with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, take just a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate your support. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life.